Welcome to Cosmic Dice. I wanted to talk to you today about boss fights and scenarios in our campaigns and how we can make them more unique. This is Cosmic Dice. Welcome to Cosmic Dice, the podcast. start out, we're going to be talking about why we need unique scenarios, then moving on to what makes a scenario good or bad, how I personally research scenarios, and then we can get into some examples of some more unique scenarios that I have for you. Why we need unique scenarios. Okay, for starters, repetition gets boring. Have you found yourself in this scenario? You run into a band of goblins. You fight them. You kill them. You move on. Then you run into a group of rabid wolverines. You fight them. You kill them. You move on. Then you accidentally walk in to a group of flying, man-eating tortoises with daddy issues. You fight them. You kill them. And you guessed it, you move on. Each scenario is the same, dressed with different clothes. Although I doubt most of us have had the pleasure of fighting flying man-eating tortoises with daddy issues, we have all seen thrown together encounters that bring nothing new to the table. Scenarios in which fighting is stripped down and basic as this does have a place, but to really make a session pop, you want your scenarios to be as intricate and as unique as possible because what a good scenario can do for your campaign is irreplaceable. So maybe we should talk about that. What does a good scenario bring to the table? Well, for starters, a good scenario complements and adds to the story. It doesn't detract from it. It should never feel like a pause on the storyline. An example might be um, if a bunch of goblins capture your twin brother, instead of going to the cave and killing all the goblins to find him locked in a cage, a better route might be to have the goblins hold him at knife point and you have a standoff. That way the combat scenario drives the story. It's a part of the story. In fact, it's the climax. A good scenario makes the session memorable. One player wouldn't say, remember that time we killed a tribe of goblins? No, no, I mean, it's so basic and boring. Like, we've killed goblins many times. But he might say, Remember that time we were fighting goblins and they had a blade to your twin brother's neck, but then you threw a knife anyway and hit that goblin square in the forehead? Then we thought we were successful, 
but realized the goblin had just enough time before his death to kill your brother. Man, that was a dramatic session. Or at least that's how I would imagine it being recalled. The point is that as GMs, we need to plan for more than a killing, looting, rinse-repeat play style. As much fun as that can be, we need to bring our game to the next level. What makes a scenario good or bad? As a GM, you should be asking yourself, why does that encounter matter to the story? Or what, what does this encounter add to the story? If the answer is to extend the length of the session, then you should definitely rethink placing that encounter in the campaign. A lot of GMs think that they have to have combat every single session, and that's why they throw in these random battles that do nothing for the story. But that's just not the case. One of my favorite sessions I've ever run was a single moral decision that my players had to make. That was it. And it took them about 45 minutes to make that decision. In fact, one of the players disagreed with the rest. And the players decided to tranquilize him and throw him in a cage so that they could execute their plan. And it's one of those that is talked about over and over and over amongst my players. Of course, you know your players better than me. Your players might want combat every single session without fail. But in my experience, even these players want there to be a reason for the combat. In fact, maybe it's more important for combat to drive the narrative in these sessions. I asked my players what their favorite scenarios have been, and I'll get into examples later in the show, but there was a definite pattern in their answers. Almost all of their scenarios were resolutions to a story or a boss fight of some sort. None of them were a basic fight to the death. At the time, I never made the attachment, but now I understand why these sessions stood out. It wasn't because the scenarios were unique. It wasn't because of the narrative. It was a combination of the two. The sessions that stood out were scenarios that were both unique to their design and told a story. You might be thinking, yeah, if I could do that every time I would, but it's much easier said than done. And granted, it is hard to plan unique scenarios. Oftentimes, as a GM, we have a solid vision of how a session will go. You might say, here is exactly how to solve this puzzle, or the only way to kill this boss is with kittens because he is extremely allergic. Then our players will drill a hole into the wall to evade that puzzle and trap the boss into an interdimensional wormhole. All that planning is thwarted. This sometimes leaves a GM feeling ripped off of his time, but it's okay. These moments are amazing for your group. Your players want to find new ways to defeat the boss or thwart the puzzle, and it only makes the scenario more appreciated in the end. We can take this a step further. What if, instead of planning a single way to beat the boss, we plan several ways? This gives them much more flexibility and choice, and it makes it feel more real. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be easy. You can always throw some curveballs, but don't throw a wall at them that says, No, you can't do it that way. You have to do it my way. I remember a time I tried to set up this amazingly elaborate boss fight in which the players would have to rescue a prince from a really big bad guy in a mech suit. 
And instead of my players taking him head on, they actually went back to the previous scene, got on a magnetic crane that they had used for something else, drove it down, picked up the boss in his mech suit with the magnet, and dropped him into a lake. All of that planning was gone. Like, I didn't even have... I, I could have stopped him, but what good excuse did I have? Instead, it was one of the greatest experiences for them because they got me. You know, they tricked me, and it just made them so happy. I felt successful because my players had a good time. How I research scenarios. All right, watching movies and TV, right? Easy. Well, unfortunately, you need to watch TV with a purpose. I have a notebook with me as I watch. I, I grow especially analytical during action scenes. You would be amazed that most good movies don't have someone just go into a building, shoot up the bad guys, and they're victorious. There's usually a little more to it, and sometimes it's hard to find those twists. Like fighting Thanos in Avengers. They knew they couldn't beat him. They had to rip off the glove before he would eviscerate them all. Trying to recreate a similar scene in a D&D setting would be awesome. Of course, you would mess around with it a bit. You, you can have the group of heroes chip off a piece of armor at a time. While the boss tries to retrieve said armor, damage can only be done when all the armor is removed. The boss doesn't even have to fight the players. You can have him constantly trying to get his armor, while the players have to fight off an endless horde of, I don't know, worshipping goats. Or if your players are feeling really crazy, they could fight flying guinea pigs instead. I, I'll let you flush out the details, but the point is to remove something from a big bad guy so that you can beat him. I think one mistake people make is they feel they have to have a boss battle. Look at a film like Jurassic Park. The T-Rex is basically the main bad guy, but the point isn't to kill him. It's to escape. There's no reason we can't do an escape scenario for the boss fight. Live to fight another day kind of attitude. One thing to be careful with here is to emphasize to your players the inability to fight said boss. Otherwise, you will end up with a total party knockout on your hands. One way I do this is to make my players watch the boss do something incredibly powerful, like eating a full-grown dragon. Unless you're the most geared, fully leveled character with all the magic weapons, nobody's going to be like, Wow, he just uh, picked up a full-grown dragon and bit its head off. Let's, uh, let's go fight him. If they choose to fight something that is biting the heads off of dragons, maybe they deserve to die. Alright, going back to the TV and movies, the same thing can be done with books, stories from just about anywhere. Just find the climax and figure out how it is resolved. And ask yourself, how do I implement this into a campaign? Another way I research individual scenarios is to look at the skill lists. Whether you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder or Starfinder, whatever it may be, you usually have a skill list. Then you pick a skill and say, let's build a scenario utilizing this skill. For example, acrobatics. Uh, you might have a jumping puzzle that you have to roll acrobatic rolls for. Or there's a vast desert and you need a good survival skill. Or how about a swamp that saps the life out of characters, slowly turning them into undead, unless you're constantly using medical skills on each other. 
The goal is to get out of the swamp, but you need medicine to better beat this scenario. Build the scenario around the skill. A good idea might be to go through all the skills and come up with a scenario for them just to have in your reserves. All right, several ideas I've done or will be doing to spice up scenarios. Forge your own hero is what I call this one. All right, picture it. You walk into a room full of gears and metal parts. A giant machine stands under an arch before you, holding a shield and sword. On the arch it says, Construct, Construct a hero, hero to, to fight, fight the, the guardian, guardian of, of the, the gates. gates. You also see a giant hourglass at either side of the room. A door lies behind the monstrous machine, obviously the only way to go besides back. When someone steps onto the center of the room or touches the machine parts, the hourglasses begin to pour sand. The group has six hours to build a hero. So basically, you just have to create some mechanics to build this hero and then have them face off against this machine. This gives an opportunity to people who aren't the combat fighters to really participate. You can do limitations, like only one player can use a machinery that connects the pieces and it takes 5d 20 minutes minus the engineering skill of your characters putting the pieces together i don't know and you have different parts they can choose from if you do two legs it's kind of a normal speed normal balance or if you add wheels it's extra speed less balance or four legs you know slow speed extra balance it's something you could really play with but the point is you're building a big robot that then fights that robot and then you can either try to run for that exit or you can help it fight any mixture. Um, who knows? Your robot might lose, but it might be just enough to allow you to get by the big bad robot. One thing I do for this is I make sure the person who is closest to the exit is who the big machine targets. Not your machine, the bad guy machine. The next one, cursed players. This one's really fun. So your players are about to enter a dungeon or maybe just a room with a boss in it and they can read to trust in the strength means to fail in your weakness but to rise from weakness means you shall overcome um, or something along the lines of true strength lies within the ability to overcome weakness and as soon as they enter a dungeon or a room or whatever it may be, I, I prefer dungeon. That way, um, I, I just like the curses I've planned out for that a little better. Right now, I, I use, like, the tank. He'll have uh, a curse called Curse of Weakened State. You take extra damage than others. Um, ranged, your ranged players, they get, like, a Curse of Drunken Vision. The further something is, the more likely you are to miss or... Your magic users, Curse of Magical Vitality. Magic hurts you when you cast it, you know? I also added a Charisma and Intelligence build if you are doing the dungeon. It doesn't help as much in a boss fight. But for Charisma builds, I have Curse of Communication. Your character becomes a mute. Or the Intelligence build, Cursed with Stupor of Thought. All non-combat roles are halved. And then at the end of that dungeon, I like to give a plus to all of their weakest attribute just to kind of give them a fun reward all right the next one is special weapon cursed weapon um a single weapon that can deal damage to a boss maybe it's a special kind of magic or a simple weaponized weakness 
but you must use whatever this is to destroy the boss. The other players might try and defend you from attacks or take damage from the boss so the guy who's got the special weapon doesn't get injured. This is enough of a scenario by itself, but you can kind of add and tweak it as well. On top of the special weapon, you can add a cursed item. In order to use the weapon, another player must hold a cursed item. When the weapon is used, it saps strength from whoever is holding the item. This way it forces the players to pass around the cursed item so as to not kill other players holding it. Another twist might be to combine the cursed item and the weapon into like a cursed weapon. When you use the weapon, it saps strength from the user, forcing them to give it to other players to juggle it so they don't lose all their health. Now, this is kind of a fun one that can be combined with other puzzles or ideas pretty well. I hope I explained it well. It's kind of a weird one. All right, the next one, pulling down the boss's shield. This is kind of basic, but one of my favorites to use. A boss has an impenetrable shield around him that can only be taken down through non-combat means. Um, for example, in Starfinder, uh, engineering or hacking. Um, or in, you know, other things like a lock-picking type thing. Um, when I did this one, I made a machine that needed to be dismantled so that the core could be destroyed. All the while, a horde of giant bat creatures would swoop down and attack the players. And while a witch in a floating chair with a shield around her shot massive laser beams at them, I gave the machine 200 life points that can only be taken down through engineering checks. The fight was great because it rendered my heavy fighters useless towards the boss and our engineer became an important asset to protect. And it just kind of gave it a very different feel. Even my heavy fighters liked it because they were killing bats left and right and trying to take damage so that the other guy didn't have to. All right, the next one I'm calling many, many bosses. In this one, um, you're gonna have like a small dungeon with several little mini bosses with unique mechanics. Make the final boss at the end kind of have all the mechanics in the dungeon. And I can give you kind of a quick example. So say you have, uh, you know, your first boss. He's uh, constantly flooding the chamber, making you have to release the water by hitting a, a lever or something. Uh, your second mini boss, after you beat that guy, he, he uses the cursed weapon mechanic we talked about earlier. In the, the third boss, he can only be hurt when he is stunned from all sides. I don't know. I'm, I'm making this up on the spot. Then the final boss has all three of those things. The reason I like this one is it allows the players to fight a very difficult boss that they probably wouldn't have been able to fight. It's almost as if you trained them for the fight, you know? All right. Another one is brainwashed enemies. This one is fun because it's a moral dilemma. But if your characters have no conscience, then it's kind of boring. You can have your typical raiders or bandits ransacking a village. And when you begin to defend the village and start slaughtering the bad guys, they start pleading for mercy as they continue attacking. Then as uh, kind of a hive mind, they, they flee into the wilderness crying the whole time. When you pursue, you find them at their camp on the ground, hurling and gasping for air. Again, they plead for their lives and none attack you. They explain that they aren't in control of themselves and ask you for help. That's pretty much it. 
then you have to kind of break a curse or find the guy controlling them. Like I said, this is only fun if you have a group that won't just slaughter the guys anyway. You can do the same with blackmail, but it might play out a bit differently. All right, my last one I have for you is timed encounters. This one needs little explanation, but I don't think it's used enough. Adding a time mechanic changes absolutely everything. Go back to this whole list and add a time mechanic and see if it plays differently. And I guarantee it will. You can add it to, to a fight scenario or to players who, who need to escape in time for something. You can also give the players a really long time, like a week or a month, to plan a massive heist. The point is, it makes the players concentrate more and only do things that really matter. If you do something like a week or a month, make sure it's something that will take them a long time. Probably more than a session's worth. Make sure they know they have to keep like track of their rests and sleeping schedules and don't be afraid to give them negative stats when ignoring these things. A few examples of time encounter scenarios might be escaping a ship as it's crashing to the ground or an exploding factory that they're trying to run out of before they get engulfed in the flames. Or even just somebody with a massive detonator and bomb. They have to kill the guy before the bomb goes off or whatnot. Time encounters are fun. And I think we need to use them more often. Just test it out a few times because we don't want to give them too short of time. We want it to be close without, you know, you don't want a total party knockout just because, oh, sorry. Uh, I only give you five minutes and you're only halfway done beating the boss. Uh, I guess you're all dead. And this is where you might tweak it as a GM. You might just give them a little more time if it's your calculations that are wrong or something. And who knows, you might not even kill them if, uh, you know, a bomb goes off. It might blow up a city or something. That way they still face repercussions without being totally eliminated themselves. Thank you so much, everyone. That's all we have for you today. I hope you enjoyed. If you want to get a hold of us to say hi, support, or just hang out with us, you can email us at CosmicDiceThePodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitch, Twitter, or Instagram at CosmicDiceThePodcast. We hope to hear from you soon. Thank you so much.